Welcome to Straight Edge, the podcast. My name is Clive Allwright, and along with my amazing guests and co-hosts, we're going to be having some brutally honest and sometimes confronting conversations around all things of addictive behavior. Now, as it happens, I've been a hairdresser for 37 years, and during my career, I've met many people just like me that have also struggled in the many different areas of addiction. So our main focus of this podcast is to chat with as many people as possible from the hairdressing, barbering, and media industries, along with some pretty smart people that work in the fields of addiction to get a deeper understanding of why so many of us struggle with the balance of family, careers, health, and the day-to-day pressures of life. So if this sounds like an area you'd like to dive deeper into, make a cup of tea, sit back, and listen to Straight Edge, the podcast. Hello and welcome to episode three of Straight Edge, the podcast. Louise May, who's in the studio with us this morning. Morning, Louise. Good morning. Um, you have got an, an, an abundance, uh, should I say, of accolades and you know experience in the hairdressing industry. And this, this podcast is all about the hairdressing, barbering and media industry. And we thought, what, pers- what better person to get on our first well, our first guest to get on this podcast is somebody that not only works in the hairdressing, barbering, but also in the media industry. So we're ticking all three boxes this morning. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you've had an amazing career, Luke. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. <laughs> do you want to tell us just a little bit more about what you're doing now and, and you know, your career? Yeah. So um, I'm with uh, Mocha Group. Uh, which is a, a media platform across the hair, beauty and barber industry. And um, I'm the editor-in-chief of Mocha Group and um, the editor of the magazines. So yep. there's three magazines, Three magazines, there? Hair Biz, Beauty Biz and Barbershop magazines. Uh, they're a trade, uh, trade-based trade magazine uh, for salon and spa and clinic owners. Yeah, so... That's incredible. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how did... How, like, how did you end up being in that, that role? I mean, obviously, you've been in, you must have been in hairdressing prior yeah, to that, so, right? Yeah, um, so I'm a hairdresser by trade, uh, 37 years in the industry, and um, a salon, or not a salon owner now, but a previous salon owner. I had two salons in Sydney and a salon in Melbourne. Just through, uh, actually, I was um, approached to, to take over the editor's role of hair of hair biz um, going back now in 2020 and asked if I would like to take on that role which blew me away because I I don't have you know a journal a journalism background or anything like that so started off in hair biz and then the role for beauty biz came up 12 months later so I took on that role and then just recently at the beginning of this month, I was asked to take over, take over, um, or actually a new role was created, that role didn't exist before, of Editor-in-Chief and uh, yeah, so now I, I look after Mocker Group, the editorial side Congratulations. of all of Mocker Group. So that's the yeah. three magazines, it's Hair Biz, it's um, the Barber. Barbershop. Barbershop and, and Beauty, Beauty Biz. And you yeah. just had your awards last night? We did. We had the ABS, the Australian Beauty Industry Awards. Wow. Yeah. So How exciting. It's great. Yeah. So, and I also, uh, I get to go, uh, we have Hot Shots and Beauty Squad, which is a platform for up and coming. Yeah. Uh, yeah artists. Up, uh, artists. Well, congratulations. And, and, on... and therapists. Yeah. So, which is great. So uh, we go into a house for three days 
and uh, we have mentors come in and um, and mentor the young ones, like the young guns, which is really cool. And uh, I get to be involved in that as well, which is really I love it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that's a beautiful thing to grow the future of the industry. It is. I know that's something that we're all passionate about, and mm. I just need to add as well. Congratulations on being here the morning after an award ceremony because that you. wouldn't yeah. have happened to me <laughs> when I was drinking. I would have had to make this a three o'clock appointment. So yeah. I know we met for coffee at nine this morning. We now, did. We did. I've, I've also got a few things uh, written down here. You're also a salon business coach, I ment- am. mentor. Yep. Um, you also are a practitioner in a thing which I'd love to chat to you about today, which is NLP. Yes. Yeah, um, yeah fascinating. Yes. I love all that stuff. And on top of all that, as if you're not busy enough, you're a mum of three kids. Three, well, yes. Sort of <laughs> yeah, I have a, a 14-year-old daughter, a 16-year-old son and a 23-year-old son. Wow. Yeah. And a husband. And a husband, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Any pets? Uh, yes, uh, horse. Oh, right, wow. just a big one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say two cats. <laughs> And a, no, I've got and a hamster, uh, cat, <laughs> a donkey, cat and a dog, an <laughs> yeah. and uh, and horse. Yep. Horse. Do you have a cart? Yep. Horse and cart. No. <laughs> no. Well, thank you for coming on this morning. And and thank you. You know these. I'm a true believer that everything happens for a reason. Yeah, me too. When you took over um, the role of editor for Hair Biz, you very kindly asked me to to be a contributor to the blog section. Yep. And I confided in you and I'm like, Lou, I really want to write about my problems with addiction and my struggles and would this... And I was looking for sort of the green light to say, come on, let's do it. Yeah. And I did it. And that sparked a bigger conversation with us, which thank you for opening up about your own struggles. Um, today, I think we're going to talk about you know the, the mummy wine culture, the grey area drinking... Um, and how it's affected your life, mm. if that's okay. Yeah, for sure. Look, I, I, I think when um, when we spoke, when we first spoke about you doing your article and you wrote your article, that was mind-blowing, the response. Thank you. Afterwards. Yeah, it was and, crazy. Um, I, it, it's very relatable in the industry. And I can relate from a uh, the wine, the mummy wine culture yeah. side of it. Yeah. I think what we found really interesting in the the conversation with Clive, which is obviously will probably come across with yourself, um, is the creative industry mm. yeah, and how they are often more prone to addictive behaviours. And a lot of creatives, as we know, sometimes suffer with ADHD. Mm. ADHD is linked to addictive behaviours. And so I do wonder if you know, because we've all been part of the media and creative industries that we are more prone to it somehow. Yeah, well, I I, I haven't been diagnosed and I would like to get myself diagnosed, but I do believe that I have some form yeah. of ADHD, definitely. Yeah. Um, I have all the traits uh, and that's why I actually delved into NLP, which is Neuro Linguistic um, Programming, and it's all to do with the the conscious and the unconscious mind. And I do, yeah, I do believe I, I have many traits of, of ADHD. Yeah, mm. I know. Because, I, I mean, I only found out at 40 mm. that I have it, you know. Yeah. So it's it's only been a two-year process of me on, on picking all the past. Mm. Um, but where do you think, you know, like you've had awareness. I mean, you you know, you've had your journey with Clive and that might have prompted some thinking. It definitely did for me. Mm. Um, where do you where was where do you think your journey started with all this? 
Well, I thought it may have been when my first marriage started to break down. But looking back on it now, it was in my teenage years, you know, when I started smoking and at the age of 13, 14 in yeah. high school. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, year seven. What's that? Year, or twelve or thirteen? 12, I think yeah. it is. Yeah. Uh, you know the uh, the Peter Jackson fifteens that fit yeah. in the school dress pocket. That I wish wow. they sold them now instead of me buying twenty. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, th- I think I think back then. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. and you you mentioned that you think that you might have had some issue with alcohol. Mm. And and where did that start for you then? High school. Okay. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember wagging school and, um, you know, sneaking sneaking alcohol and, um, yeah, and drinking. Not a lot, but, you know, my, beha- my behaviours and my patterns are binge. You know, they're not consistent. It's not something that I do every day, but when I do do it, it's excessive. And I just want to reassure you before we go any further that but by think about this, what you're just about to say, I know it's raw and it's personal and thank you for doing it. But if you can help some save someone's life or stop repeat behaviour that could be detrimental mm. to their family or their business mm. or whatever, then that's why we're doing this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, th- thank you. I appreciate that. Um, it is very it's prevalent, though, in our industry and, and well, actually not even just in our industry, it's women um, and men. You know, how often do you hear or do you read on social media in groups or, you know, we have conversations with our friend, you know, I'm trying to have X amount of alcohol-free nights. Yes. You know, um, I'm, I don't want to drink midweek. I'm only, I only want to drink on the weekends. And, you know, it is an issue, very much an issue. So, so it was really kind of, what, during your first marriage or at the end of that first marriage where you started to... What, maybe drink a bit more? During. During. Yeah. And and what what was going on for you during that time? I mean, we're, this is the whole thing with the, the I guess we, we call it the mummy wine culture, but is it just life, you know, as a woman? Well, I, where you're, yeah, I think you it know, is. you're just, you've got so many layers of, of self-soothing. Respons- yeah. Okay. Self-soothing. Self-medicating. Yeah. Masking. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Which... As, yep. as we know, and I certainly know, is part of ADHD, right? Very much so. That you you mask a lot in situations and it leads to burnout mm. and emotional, mental burnout yeah. where you can't keep yeah. masking anymore. Well, I'm in burnout at the moment, <laughs> yeah. to be quite honest. Yeah. 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 And and it's that you don't feel like there's any escapes. So you need something, just mm. something where you can mm. switch off mm. and escape mm. for a little while. Mm. Is that kind of where you feel things start for you? Yes, and it, and also too, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's almost well, not a re- not a reward, but it becomes well, it just becomes a habit for me. You know, at the end of the day, it's switch off time, and you know, pour a glass of wine while you're cooking dinner, and it's or uh, you know, it, it's either that side at the end of the day after a busy day but then it might be you're tired after the kids so were you celebrating oh you're celebrating yeah you know yeah do, mm, do yeah. you think that the alcohol 
industry has targeted women because I know from from a husband sitting back that you've got your Prosecco, mm. you know, your Aperol Spritz, mm. you know, your, your Chardonnay, your, mm. you know, which are all very high content in alcohol. Yeah, right? very um, much so. Yeah. Um, they've really gone after the, the, the women side of the alcohol. It's not just about blokes drinking beer and the VB ads. That's what I'm trying to say. It's also yeah, socially uh, yeah. acceptable. But, you know, you've got gin subscriptions now and you've got, you know, so many different subscriptions. And, and do you know yeah. how many memes there are that I also get sent? And it's mm. actually how I bonded with people at my, at my kid's school, right? Mm. Was this this conversation of, oh, you know, let's catch up, let's have a bottle of wine. You know, like, oh, you know, I've had a stressful day. The kids are driving me mad. Bottle of wine. Mm. And during, you know, COVID and 2020, the amount of memes that I got sent of, mm. you know, um, people homeschooling yeah. and pouring a glass of wine while they're yeah. homeschooling, and it was. Yeah. Or I'm just going to have one glass of wine, and the meme is like the the, the uh, yeah. yeah, like that. You big... can fit the whole bottle yeah. in. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and like you know you 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 laugh about it. Mm. It's part of the culture mm. of society. It's acceptable. Mm. Um, I think you know same as as yourself. You know I'm a single mum now, and um, it's hard. It's hard work yeah right let's face it yeah and you do want some form of escape mm. but at what moment was it for you where you thought mm, is this a bit too much it was just becoming a habit every day and mix that and and I'm a little bit you know if I open a bottle of wine I finish the bottle of wine yeah and it's it's not all the time that I do it, but for me that if if that pattern, um, but it, through COVID in particular, um, I had a salon in Melbourne. I couldn't get to Melbourne because I live in New South Wales, so I felt guilt for my team. I had team issues at the time. I I when we um, reopened, I mean we had six lockdowns. But when we reopened, um, oh gosh, yeah, Melbourne, yeah, got we had worse. six lockdowns. <clears throat> My yeah. goodness, I forgot about that. Yeah, and, and that was that was hard navigating. That was really difficult, and then also navigating a team that I couldn't get to, and then uh, I had some who didn't want to be vaccinated. They couldn't work, so then I had less staff, and I had one fall over uh, her dog and break her um, arm. So when we reopened, one instance, when we reopened, I reopened with one team wow. member. Wow. And, you know, how, and then as soon as you reopen, you're paying rent again. And it just became every afternoon. Mm. And it was like, you know, yeah. you'd wait for 5 or 5.30 when it was acceptable to open a bottle. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, um, and then it just, it became a habit. And then yeah. mix that with feelings of uh, anxiety, depression, yeah, anger. Alcohol sales <laughs> went through the roof during yeah. COVID. Right? Yeah. Everyone was getting yeah. to home delivery. Yeah. What, what yeah. were you drinking? You know, what was your average day? Did it, did it escalate? Did it get deeper no, and deeper? Um, like a, a bottle of wine a day, a, a, a night usually. Um, to yourself? But wine and I just don't go together. Right. We're mm. not good friends. In what in what sense? I just, uh, I'm not the nicest person. Okay. I am, 
on the first glass of wine. But then, you know, by the time I'm at the end of the bottle, I'm not, I'm, yeah, I'm not, not well, nice. Well, like, that probably sounds terrible. I am nice, but, you know, if mix that with emotional kids or back answering or whatever, and, yeah, it, it just wasn't nice. And one night in particular, um, my son at the time... Um, was just being a bit of a handful and yeah and I slapped and then I yeah I realized that yeah this is a problem mm. yeah okay so was that a, was that a moment for you it was a moment for me yeah okay yeah and and what did you, how did you deal with things after that moment then what happened well, the next morning I um I apologized I didn't really, I, I shouldn't have gone off and I did. And I, then I realised that, you know, I, I needed help. And I stopped for, it was 121 days. Wow. Yeah. Well done. Congratulations. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. But I've realised I've never gone back to that. And I still do, um, I still do drink alcohol. Not, not like, not like that though. I did, I did realise through COVID that, yeah, that I was drinking a lot. Yeah, yeah. Do you do you find that um, you know, like you, you you mentioned about, are you feeling like you weren't a good person on alcohol? Mm. Um, but that probably, well, we know that's not the case because you know we know you and we love you. But yeah. um, you know, I think just on a, for my personal self, for me, it wasn't that I wasn't a nice person. It was everything that I'd bottled up and hidden came out. Exactly. Yeah. So exactly. it's like the alcohol, as we know, it... it Exacerbates it rela- the emotions. It, yeah. In, mm. and But also, at the same time, it lowers any kind of mm. boundary or inhibition or mm. kind of normal behaviour mm. that you would to control it mm. and hide it. Yeah. You can't. No. Because that's not there. It's like yeah. that wall is not well, the, there. The, 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 yeah. So it just floods out. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So... Sorry, where did you go to kind of after that then? Well, that's when I um, I decided to do NLP. I did an NLP um, practitioner's course. Was that during the 121 days? Yeah, or? but we not only, I mean, we, we had, um, so at the beginning of COVID, my mum was diagnosed with breast cancer. My sister-in-law had breast cancer. So they went basically, well, my sister-in-law was diagnosed first. Uh, she went through chemotherapy. She had a a full mastectomy oh, and radiation. Mm. And then through that, then my mum was diagnosed with breast cancer. Uh, my dad had a stroke. And then we had uh, we had fires, like horrific fires. And then we had two floods, like um, severe floods, where Gosh. people lost everything. Yeah. Um, so Why it was all of that as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you absolutely. Know, yeah. And yeah. Uh, kids at home, you know, homeschooling. Yeah. And then dealing with that. Um, you know, my daughter liked homeschooling and my son couldn't cope. Uh, he, he needs structure and um, planning. So there was a lot. There was a lot to navigate. Absolutely. You know? And, yeah. So yeah. what did the NLP Give it, I'm sorry, I keep thinking of like a political Scottish party when you say NLP, the Scottish <laughs> no, well, it, it Labour me, Party. <laughs> it taught me about myself. 
Mm. Right. You know. Um, Do you want to talk us through like what it is? Because I'm sure there's a lot of people, and I actually don't think that Clive knows what it is. I've got no idea. <laughs> well, <laughs> what, what it, it teaches it you um, about behaviours, why mm. we behave in certain ways, you know. And so it's neuro-linguistic programming. programming. Yeah. And and what's what does that actually mean? So obviously it's about your well, brain. We all, we all have patterns. Mm. Uh, we all have belief systems and everything is ingrained in us, usually between the ages of five and seven. Mm-hmm. And how we behave, how we think, how we process, all of that comes from a young age mm-hmm. or from birth. Yeah. Um, and it, it can actually, uh, a lot of it, is hereditary. It's like generational trauma. It right? is generational trauma, yeah. and generational yeah. generational trauma can actually come from the womb as That's well. Right. Yeah, like yeah. An, on a cellular level. Uh, you know that is so fun, and it's so true. I've just li- I just watched this. Um, video that someone sent me of a scientist who was talking about DNA Mm. on that level Mm. where actually not only do you carry that on that cellular level at the time where you're in in your mother but your mother is carrying cellular DNA from Mm. her Her mother mother. that's right and so at the time that you're developing, you actually have the DNA of your grandmother yeah. or your great-grandmother. Yeah. And, and so, you know, when people talk about generational trauma, it does get passed on. And I guess that's where the whole hereditary patterns, behaviours, thoughts, feelings happens right back then. Yeah, definitely. You know, so in some ways, we can't blame ourselves. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> Do you know what I mean, though? Yeah. 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 Anyway, yeah. so, okay, so you found that that really... I, I, I did because it um, it's really taught me to unpack, you know, yeah. what's going on for me um, to really – and it's almost like stripping back layers of an onion, like peeling all the layers back to figure out, you know, what, why I do what I do, why I behave the way I behave, why I think the way I think. And, yeah, yeah it's really Sounds- taught me a lot about myself. It yeah, sounds very yeah. similar to the 12 step programs that I'm in because it's about identifying, you know, I'm powerless, first of mm. all, over, over alcohol, drugs, whatever, codependency, um, and understanding why I do it is, is the core issue, mm. you know. And then there's the other thing as well when we talk about generational trauma, like when I was in the depths of addiction and drinking and alcoholism. You know, it's only now that I think back and I go, wow, I was painting an image to my daughters that this is acceptable, f- the way a dad should be. Mm. And then that they, they almost go looking for that in a mm. person, you know, and mm. it's, um, I've got to stop saying, you know, yeah. but I'm going to practice that. <laughs> um, and so that behavior was, and even it continues now. So even when I'm not drinking, even when I'm having struggle days, I've got to be very mindful that the way I behave is is setting an example for the twelve year old in our house. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and, um, was exactly. That, and did you feel like that? Yes. With your kids as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I want to be the change. Yeah. And it's tough, isn't it? Mm. Because it is very tough. Because there's also, let's be honest, there's a massive stigma, right? Mm-hmm. It's the only drug in the world where you have to apologise for. 
Exactly. Right? For go, like for not doing yeah, it. Yeah, you go, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not drinking today. Oh, are you okay? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what's wrong? But you're going to drink again on your birthday, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and or, it's like, or, or it, it, do, you know, would you like a drink? Oh, no, but why? Why? Yeah. yeah. I've and quit like, heroin. Yeah. Oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you look better for it. No. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, let, it's so true. Oops, right, so there's a massive you. stigma around alcohol and we have to make it, you know, make excuses for why, mm. why we're not doing it, mm. which is why when we talk about grey area drinking, it's, it's a legal drug. Right. And let's be honest, when you've got all that stuff, you just mentioned fires, floods, breast cancer, bits and pieces like it's let's just be really honest here. Who on earth thinks it's in their right mind to go? I know I've got all this shit going on in my life. I'm just going to fill myself with ethanol and see how that's going to make me feel. Right. And so (laughs) (laughs) because. it's not sold to you that way, is it? No, it's not. It's sold to you as in it's going to help you. You know, if the alcohol companies showed you, you know, when they showed you the red wine and bits and pieces like mm. the, the beginning of the night and let's celebrate, they never show you the aftermath. No. Yeah. And, you know, there's... Yeah. You talk about there's truth that comes out when, mm-hmm. you know, they, they're quite often... I was listening to a thing on the local radio the other day about wanting to use sodium pentothal as a truth drug with... with um, with criminals, mm. and uh, and this this person came on and he said, "Oh, you know, but alcohol can be used as that as well when you have so much alcohol." And I'm thinking, yeah, it's just, it's, and yeah. that's where you get people that, well, all of us, when yeah. we've got all these pressures of life, you put ten beers or two bottles of wine, whatever in your, and you can understand how domestic violence mm. and the the, yes. the cultural shit that we've got going on yeah. all over the world is all fueled. Well, it's an epidemic. You know, mm. the hospitals are full of people with yeah. alcohol-related injuries, yeah. and yet we we have to we go to the races. You wouldn't go to the races if you weren't drinking. I mean, I can now, mm. but like you wouldn't go and go. Oh no, I'm just gonna come and have a good time because they don't believe you don't believe that yeah. you can have a good time without it. Exactly, and that's what this is yeah. about, right? Yeah, because we can. Yeah. I think it's really important with Lou's story as well as that a lot of women in particular will relate to. You know, I follow this lady in Perth called Sarah and um, she's, you know, like a, a coach now and, and has done an awful lot of kind of media stuff around this mm. and around grey area drinking mm. because, you know, like Clive said at the, at the start of it, we don't all need to be um, on a park bench with a brown paper bag no. to to hit a point where we're like this is too much mm. or where it's started to affect your mm. life um, and it does creep up slowly mm. it's not something you know where you like oh yeah I'm going to become an alcoholic mm. or that you have to wake up in the morning and have a shot of vodka to get through no, the day exactly. that's not no. what it is um, but it is one of the most addictive substances on mm. the planet mm. so in some senses, it's like, well, of course you're going to naturally, you know, one glass will lead to three and three leads to a bottle mm. and one bottle a week leads to one every night, you know, because it, it actually chemically affects our body and makes us crave it. Yeah. Did you feel like you would crave it? Like you were like, OK, where's five o'clock here? You know, like now I want some. Yes, probably. Yeah. 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 Because I, I associate it with relaxing. Yes. And, so, and we want to relax. Because it's like that at the end switch of the off day. at the end of the day. It's mm. <sighs> yeah. It's like. Because that's what <gasps> yeah. our parents did, right? Yep. That's mm. what, you know, that's. I mean, 
quoting the Mow VB the lawn, app. have a beer. You know, yeah. you, know, <laughs> you, you can get it milking a cow. You yeah, can yeah. get it any old how. I <laughs> yeah. think I've got it now. Yeah, and yeah. I had that going yeah. around in my head continually going, mm. you're right, I need, yeah. a, I need a beer. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I saw it this morning. I'm going to keep this person anonymous, but someone on my social media feed has recently gone to Europe and was doing a, a live update and was talking about how that they'd ordered all they wanted on the aircraft between somewhere to somewhere else was a cold beer and the beer didn't come out very cold and they asked them to put it in the freezer and they were quite frustrated so when they got to their hotel they got to reception the first thing they said when they got to reception was all I really want is a cold cold beer and mm-hmm. I'm thinking no you don't yeah <laughs> <laughs> and um, I'm not going to say the city where they were because it would give it a, it would give it away yeah. but and there was this incredible view from their hotel mm. and they were doing this thing from the the rooftop with this cold beer and I was like mm. if only you look at it from my eyes you don't really actually need any of that no. you're, you're in a most beautiful place and gratitude mm. the fact that you're there in the first place mm. Mm. Um, and I just fast forward the tape on that one I'm mm. like I wonder how, how many one's too many and a thousand's not enough for me. So it, yeah. if that was me, I'd still be drinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see, I, I was—I'm more like Lou in the sense of um, I did have a limit, weirdly enough. Yeah. Where I knew, uh, you know, I like I never kind of excelled to two bottles. No. You know, like the might maybe if I went out, mm. that's a whole different story. Mm. You know, like that—that that was full on binge. Didn't even probably count what I was drinking I just mm. drank until, <laughs> until I wanted to go home mm. um, <clears throat> excuse me but being at home and unwinding and you kind of like in a different environment um, it was more about relaxing to that point and then I'd go to bed yeah so but it's still addictive it's still behavioral it's still something that we know I used to wake up and I was like I'm, I used to say to myself I'm not functioning at full mast I'm half well, that, mast that's more that's my thing you know I, yeah, yeah the, the functioning side of it and not being productive that's right not connecting with my family yeah. um yeah. I don't know about you, but when I'm hung up, when I was hungover, I used to eat utter shit. Oh yeah. Like, well, you know, yeah. You know, I've that's another thing. You yeah. Know? Um, I put a lot of weight on. Yeah. And that, and then, I was socially awkward because I didn't want to go out. You know, I used to make excuses to not, to not go, go places because I was embarrassed about mm. how much weight I'd put on. Yeah. And how you? I put thirty kilos on. Yeah. Wow. Over a period of. You know, however many years, but yeah, did, yeah. Did you girls ever drink to? Did you have ever experience blackout? Like drink no. to when you just woke up in the morning and think, God, I can't remember. Oh, sometimes going to bed and you think we woke up, think, or oh, had had. I never don't remember I, going I, to bed. I think but, maybe when I was at uni or something. Right. But it, but never like I might wake up and think, oh, I can't remember, can't quite remember what what I, that conversation was, but mm. I. But I do always remember getting home, getting to bed, would wake up, you know, kind of dusty. But yeah. I, I don't personally, I don't think I've ever blacked out. Right. Yeah. You yeah. weren't drinking enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a little I bit more. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's fine. That's what this conversation is all about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. It, it, it's pointing out that, yeah, there's, 
there's people who've had different experiences of different substances, different behaviors mm. and you know and, and and then all find different pathways mm. to healing right that's what mm. that, that's the whole process like obviously Clive um, has has you know found swimming and your 12-step program whereas you found NLP you know what are the things did you put in place then let's say to kind of get yourself out of that gray area if that's what you want to call it and, yeah. it, and into a better kind of relationship well, it, it, with it, alcohol yeah it was a, a gray area very much so um just because I knew that it, I knew that it wasn't it wasn't me it sounds to me it's it's interesting listening to your story because Yours is so different to mine. And, mm. and I know when you reached out to me saying that, you know, you identified that you'd had a, had a problem with, with drinking with the mummy wine culture, whatever. Um, but I'm fascinated in the way that you very selective on what you drink. Yours just wasn't like, I need a drink. I don't care what it is to drink. It's, no, yeah. I I just enjoy, you know, uh, I like, I mean, it'll be a, a Sauvignon Blanc or a... Or a vodka, um, usually one or the, one or the other. Um, I'm not as excessive with vodka, than, but it's just wine. For some reason, when I ha- open a bottle of wine, I finish the bottle of wine. Yeah. Um, very rarely, very yeah. very rarely. You'd leave it There'll in the be, fridge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah just and it, that's bad. That yeah. You know. Yeah, I never left um, anything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, there's. You're like you're like a vacuum. <laughs> Yeah. I'll take it all. Yeah. You know, there's like um, in our walk-in pantry, there's Bacardi, there's yeah, mm-hmm. um, a few different things, and I, I won't. I, if I don't, if it if I don't like it, I won't drink it. Wow. Um, yeah. I I would drink all yeah. the things I like first, and then the the things I like <laughs> least would go the last. But and I would have them all. To what point, like where you just where you would black out? Do you did you yeah, always yeah. go to the point of blackout? Mm, towards the end, yeah. Wow. Like I would just. I just consume so much, and and I would consume an incredible amount in a short space of time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I remember getting, you know, when those wine um, subscriptions, so you get your twelve bottles of wine per mm-hmm. month. I remember yeah. one in a drink at Melbourne Airport, and just to get a drink because the bars were shut, I just had to sign up for this wine thing, and it just, sorry, you can have the rest of this. Have the next thing, and I had twelve bottles of wine arrive at my house like a week later. And I drank them in one weekend. Wow. Like, and, and it's funny because I remember thinking, I'm not going to drink the sweet, you know, yeah. sticky wine like mm. that. Like yeah. that. I'm, oh, I'm the just dessert gonna, wine? I'm definitely going to draw a line in that. Like, yeah. that will go in the cupboard. <laughs> no, nah, it was gone by Sunday morning. Like, I was just quite nice after a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're so numb that you can't even taste yeah, it. So yeah. I'm fascinated listening to your story because mm. I, I do not have any of Mine that was control. Just, it, the repetitive behavior, the daily repetitive habit that I created mm-hmm. um, felt really heavy for me. It felt like a real concern because that is a form of addiction. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, it is. It's not, you know, it's. I, w- I won't say that. Oh, I don't. I mean, alcoholism is. It, it's not. Doesn't mean that, you know. As you said, on a park bench, it, it's all forms, and it did feel like mm-hmm. it was an issue. And I know that many women, this mummy wine culture, men, many women feel the same. And yeah. you know, depending on how heavy my day was, it would either be a nice night, mm. or I was a wine witch. 
Yeah. You know, and I, 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 that really concerned me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did you ever find as well, well, I guess I guess you did by what you've said, but um, your mental state before you have your first drink completely defines the rest of the day yeah. or the night. Yeah. So, like, if you're, you know, like when you're in a good mood and you're like, I can't wait to go out and see my friends and, yeah. like, you're dressed up and you, you have, sometimes I only needed, like, a glass of champagne or a glass mm. of bubbles and I was in such a good mood mm. and it was so fun and it was great. But if I was in an awful place and then I'd drink, then that was hell. Yeah. And, yeah. or, everything poured out and mm. there was no limit I, and mm. I said things that I so there was regret because I was angry mm. I was angry mm. and upset and hurt and I was yeah. and, and I felt angry at the world too mm. when, when I was in that place because mm. I was like I'm a single mom and like you know I'm struggling and money was an issue and it just felt like relentless mm. and I well just, I went through the single mum yeah. stage yeah and was excessively probably drinking too much then um but yeah you know i've i'm learning Mm -hmm. now Mm -hmm. how to control anxiety yeah um i've done some uh, breathing classes learned how to you know control the anxiety and yeah and done a lot of work on myself and that, I think that's a huge part of, of recovery mm. uh, on any level, mm. right, is, like you said, Clive, to go in and look at the reasons why we mm. do what we do, mm. the reasons why we choose, you know, like, I, I would love someone to come in who's got a gambling addiction, for example, because yeah. I've never quite understood that myself. Yeah. Um, you know, I, it just... just I've never done it. It's never no. been in my realm. It's not happened in my world. Um, I've never had the urge to do it, you know. So, but it's it's still it's behavioural and it's mm. an it's an outlet. It's an escape. It's something that we look for when we're not quite dealing with ourselves. And I guess through the process of whatever that process is, even if it's you just go swimming every morning, it gives you that space to look at. What's led you to the point in your life that that's happened? Mm. And I'm picking all those yeah. behaviours from the past. Great point, right? And that's just got my mind spinning out of control because whatever it is, it, like for instance, I've never gambled and I've never understood the whole thing of gambling. Mm. But I'm, you know, and I ridiculously think taking drugs was fine, right? Like, yeah, exactly. So, so if, no you're judgment, to, if you're yeah. listening to this podcast and you're thinking, well, that's never going to be me. Like I've never smoked crack or this or whatever yeah, yeah. it may be. But think about the food thing, right? Mm. So I have to stop drinking and stop taking drugs, whatever, which is thankfully what I've done. But imagine the food thing because you can't stop eating, mm. right? Which is, we'll, unpack, we'll unpack that as well yeah. as we go through. But yeah. if you're sitting listening to this podcast and thinking, well, you know, these guys just need to stop. Mm. Well, it's, it's, not it's easier said than if, done. If you think addiction yeah. is a choice. Mm. Yeah. And listen on, because yeah. when you get to that point, most of us just try going without your phone for the weekend yeah. and picking it up. And how many times are you going to try and pick it up? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and just the just general behavior of what we do. I, I used to look for an excuse. You know, sometimes something would happen at work and I'd be like, ah, you know what? 
fuck this. Yeah. I'm going for a drink. Mm. And I'll show you how much I can fuck myself up. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. that's, the ma- yeah. that's the madness yeah. of this. Um, you know, you, you, your unconscious mind... You know the the little person that oh, I don't know the the person that sits on your shoulder that tells yeah. you that you're not good enough or tells you that yeah. you know one won't hurt mm-hmm. or yeah, yeah we spoke you know about that that, that little that, yeah. that's your unconscious mind and there's yeah. so much in there mm. that and it gets louder yeah yeah and louder yeah, yeah. and louder mm. yeah. and it yeah. has to be it's a, like an internal battle with yourself it's mm. ridiculous mm. really when you mm. think about it that way but i guess it's only through talking about it and having awareness that yeah. it's actually happening in the first place yeah. that yeah. you can stop it or yeah. or actually make friends with it because it's never going to go you said something in the last podcast where you were like addiction sitting in that corner doing press-ups right now it's like it's ready to yeah. come there yeah. at any moment but yeah. like i have to work yeah. on it daily so, you know it's not just alcohol there's no. so yeah there's so many levels yeah you know there's shopping mm. porn yeah yeah um food yeah or, or, or smoking you know, yeah so many different layers of yeah i'm still work. battling the smoking one now i'm a work yeah. i i my addiction is work yeah you know yeah um my husband he he starts very early usually um and is finished by two three o'clock mm-hmm. i work and work I, I, I work seven days a week i'm always working yeah and it's not healthy. Yeah. And again, I think... You know, and I have a ma- major guilt if I don't mm-hmm. work. I, I have recently um, been introduced... A friend of mine reached out to me knowing that I was in a program and was like, I think I have an issue with codependency. And I didn't even know what that meant. Mm-hmm. And there was a 12-step program for codependency. So they asked me if I would go to their first meeting with them, which I was nicely surprised. It was exactly the same tr- steps and traditions. And I knew the the way that the format worked. But there was that I just sat there thinking, wow, there's this other side where you you've you can be in a toxic relationship, but you need to be with that person and you can't Can you explain mm. codependency or like just a little overview for me? Please? Well, I don't know a great deal about it other than yep. the one meeting that I went to, but from what I understand it's that you are addicted to being in a relationship with somebody that could be the most toxic person, can be the most loving person, but you try and destroy that. And um, for those of you that know more about this than me, please reach out on this podcast because we'd love to get we you in to talk about it. Definitely get someone in. But it was the same that. pattern. It was realizing that you were powerless, that you, you know, you you were addicted to being with someone, mm. but you knew that that was possibly going to be a damaging situation that mm, right. wasn't best for your mental, physical health. Mm. So you're actually enabling them. You know, or that mm. you are the person that's mm. you know you will you will go and find a relationship so you can be controlling and mm. all yeah. those bits and you know narcissistic right. or whatever it may okay. be. So, so, it, so codependency is either from side. From what I understand. Okay. Right? So all if right. you're listening to this podcast and you go right, I know what that is. Please re- please reach out yes. because we'd love to chat to you mm. because that's what this is all about. Absolutely. It's about addictive behaviour that happens. Mm. You know, and it's one of those like if. I heard someone on a podcast say that they went to their doctor and said, I'm not at my optimum level because I'm, I have two glasses of wine every night. I have to wait for six o'clock and I have to have two glasses, but I need it. And the doctor was like, that's nothing. Don't even worry about it. I drink more than that. Yeah. And so yeah. But she's like, I don't feel the best. 
Yeah. If I you know that's... you're doing something and yeah. you can't stop doing it and you no longer enjoy it, then yeah. that's the root of the problem. And that's, that's yeah, what I yeah. discovered. Definitely. Yeah. And I think if you have if you if you're questioning yourself yeah. on whatever it is, whether it be the couple of glasses of wine that you have at night or uh, you know sneaking a chocolate bar and eating it in the car or, or whatever it is. Yeah. You know, I think that yeah, you've got to you've got to dig deep and because mm. isn't that what NLP focuses on? Your thought patterns actually have a massive impact on the way you, you are, your mental, your your physical health. Is. Yes. So if you keep thinking I'm going to die, I'm going to die, I'm going to die, the chances are you probably will, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Or you're going to manifest but, some kind of ma- illness ma- or whatever. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. so that inner voice is so so loud and we spoke mm. about this in my first episode like and i'm going to give you we spoke about this outside if i may yesterday i had a really tough day mm. yeah. i really struggled my friends were going to go swim from bondi to bronte those of you that are not in sydney that's a big swim it's mm. about two and a half k's mm. and i'm thought no i'm not in the right mental health to do that today i'm not in the right sorry physically feeling like i can mm. do that today it's a big swim and so my friend and i went to meet them at bondi and we just had a sorry at bronte and had a swim out because I didn't do it, and I saw how happy they were when they came back, they all got in, and there was a few newcomers there that had done it for the first time. I just went spiralling, going, I should have done that swim. I'm gutted I didn't do it. Mm. I'm just, you know, what a failure. On my way home, my, my wife and daughter in the car, I stopped at the garage. I bought a honey soy packet of potato crisps, a, a chunky Kit Kat and a packet of cigarettes. And my <laughs> wife was like, what? And that was... Because usually when I swim, I have a, a very healthy breakfast. But yeah. that sent me spiralling all day. And I, and then I was felt like shit because I ate shit. Mm. I was gutted because I didn't want to smoke. That's almost like punishing yourself. And I'm like, yeah. And yeah. so four and a half years sober. And I'm still... You know, it was a beautiful day here in Sydney mm. yesterday. It was sun was yeah. shining. My wife said to me, what the hell is wrong with you? And I was like, I've got yeah. to do this podcast tomorrow and I'm freaking out. And I've got to do a shoot on Tuesday and I'm freaking out. And she said, Clive, just stop. Mm. Just have a gratitude list that the sun's shining. You've got a vintage, you know, a nice mm. antique teacup to have your tea into. Yeah. <laughs> dip, your, dip your chunky Kit Kat in there. Go on. <laughs> but all I could do last Definitely. night was go to bed mm. because mm. I was I struggling so, so bad. Mm. And I've woken up today and they say, this too shall pass. And I feel better today. Yeah. I love that. This, this too shall pass. I love that too. Mm. Yeah. Nothing's forever. Yeah. yeah. There's one thing we can all be certain of in life and that's change. Yeah. Yeah. So... Talking of which. Yes. <laughs> wow. So where do you see things going for you now then? I could say that, uh, well, I, I still have, you know, a glass of wine or um, I'd probably choose to have a glass of bubbles instead of a glass of wine. For some reason, that's different. I don't know mm. why. But, mm. yeah, I, wine just doesn't agree with me. Yeah. And I, I'm learning that. So when you say you have a drink, what do you drink? Usually a glass of champagne. Right. Um, maybe a vodka, lime and soda. Just depends. But it, it's for me, it's more not drinking, you know, not having that daily afternoon, you know. So uh, do you know what Bigford's, you know, the Bigford's yep. Yep. Um, lemon cordial. and barley? Yeah. Cordial. Um, I've been having a lemon cordial at night mm. and trying to break that habit yeah. of 
change, keep the root, keep, keep the, the ritual, routine. It, keep it, the rich, keep the, <laughs> keep the ritual, change the ingredients. Yes. Do you think you'd ever want to get to the point where you would just like to stop, or would does that scare the life out of you? Look at her face. <laughs> Dum, dum, dum. That's right. This is not an intervention, <laughs> by the way. I'm just interested to think, well... Look, um, why do you need when it? I gave up for that 121 days, I felt amazing. Mm. So I what really... made you want to break it? I don't know. I don't know why I did. Mm. You did know, you... we've had this conversation before, yeah. and yes, I would like to. I don't know what that looks like. For me, I'm not quite sure mm. what that looks it's like. It's probably terrifying. Because well, yeah. you're thinking, what did, well, yeah, like, hang can on, I I've live got, without I've this? got my birthday yeah. coming up. Yeah. And I've got this you know, coming yeah. up. And it, I don't know. I, I, I sound, it probably sounds like I'm an alcoholic. Um, nope. And I'm not. But, yeah, I just don't know what that looks like. I don't know. You know, we want to travel around Australia. And I, I don't know. You know, I imagine myself having... Yeah. A glass of something looking at Esperance in WA. And, mm. Did you hear what you just said? A glass of something. Yeah. It can be anything. It can be. It can yeah. be anything. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't have to be yeah. alcohol, yeah. which you know. Yeah. No, I'm not, I'm not, it's a, it's a, I'm not doing no, an intervention. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. you, it gives you, it brings up fear, anxiety, resentment, yeah. bits of anger. Yeah. You've spoke a bit about anger before. Mm-hmm. I mean, the good, the difference, the beautiful thing between you lovely ladies and myself is you are able to stop. You were able to stop. Mm. as where I couldn't. Mm. So, yeah. yeah, I'm just, I mean, I'm actually jealous that I can't do what you do, but I know that I tried it a million times and I can't. Yeah. I well, just, I think, look, I think that's what, again, this is all about, this podcast, right, is, is the addiction has different boundaries and different layers for different people yeah. addiction isn't just a massive extreme where you know you m- might drink to black out it's it's really not like mm. you it, we go back to it and we go back to it but it's like I'm sure everyone in this room is addicted to their phone I do wake up in the morning and I have a look before I even get out of bed before I even go and get my coffee it's yeah. the first thing I do yeah you know can I get out of bed without doing that of course I can mm. but I don't stop that behaviour. Yeah. Is it good for me? Probably not, because yeah. it's feeding my brain with yeah. other people's stuff before I've even got out of bed or said hello to the kids. Mm. So am I addicted to my phone? Do you see what I mean? So yeah. there's lots of yeah. questions around addiction, I mm. think, and I really hope that like through us having this conversation and through us getting other guests coming in, uh, talking about their journey and some psychologists to help us understand it a little bit more, that yeah. we can just... The whole reason we're doing this is so we can help other people, right? Definitely. You know, Definitely. and to not judge ourselves yeah. too harshly because, mm. it, 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 you know, um, addiction is, um, gosh, Clive, me and you were talking about it's this the other day. baffling and powerful. Yes. Well, yes, there is that. But I watched this um, this interview with Russell Brand and Dr. I can't remember. Oh, yeah. Um, Gabor, Gabor Maté. Gabor Mate. Yeah. And as we know, Russell Brand's uh, extremely open about his addiction and uh, that he still classifies himself as in recovery and that it was a daily battle and he'll always have to work on it. And um, Dr. Gabor Mate said to him, um, you know, delve deeper into what, what caused it. And often it was 
pain. It was escape from pain. And so he was saying, yes, if that's the case, why are we judging these people? Mm. If they've come from pain already and they're trying to escape an overwhelming feeling, why are we judging them? Mm. We're supposed to help them. Mm. And I think there's definitely something to be said there that probably all of us, when we look at it, it was some form of pain, uh, upset, overwhelm, anxiety that we couldn't fear, fear, that we couldn't face or deal with. There was no Mm. space for us to deal with that. And so we needed something Mm. to escape that feeling. Yeah, well, I suffer from terrible anxiety. And I think at, at the time... At the end of the at the end of the, my work day, um, I wanted it was a masking for me, mm. yeah. definitely, yeah, definitely. And you know, now that I can identify that, I'm learning how to cope with the anxiety. Yeah, yeah, reduces it. Mm. Definitely. Lou, it's going to be amazing to get you back on and um, and mm. you're going to come and do some other episodes with us. It would be great to follow your journey as you go through thank this. You. And, yeah. uh, um, thank you. Thank yeah. you for chatting to us today. Just before we sort of wrap this up, is there anything you've seen or heard, watched recently, as Amy said about the Russell Brand and Gabor Mate, is there anything you've seen or watched recently that's been inspirational in your on your pathway that you'd like to share? Anything you've read? Any books? Not just not, not recently, but since you've decided to stop. Um, I, I'm a huge lover of Brene Brown. Yeah. And she has uh, an episode on Netflix. Just It's just one. Yeah. I can't think of it's what it's best. called. Yes. Yeah, I've, seen um, I've seen it as well. I can't remember what it's called. <laughs> it's the one where the, her and her husband go swimming. <laughs> I don't not. remember that point. <laughs> I love it how yeah. that stood out for you. No, like, no, no. She's on, she's on stage to. and... Uh, I know what it you're is all about. about um, oh, I can't even think now. I can't. You'll have to edit. Vulnerab- yeah, yeah, vulnerability is a yes. Oh, that's vulnerability it. Yes. is the birthplace of courage. Uh, yes. yes. Well, you've just done that. Congratulations. It's yeah. Thank you. I yeah. She's amazing. Yeah. I love Brene Brown. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, you inspired me to write a blog with her. Quote oh, I did too. Vulnerability yeah. is the yeah. birthplace of courage. Yeah. Um, I've just watched. Painkiller on Netflix, and if you think that addiction is a choice, watch mm. that. Now, just like alcohol, it is legal. Tobacco is legal. One, it was one of the most confronting things that I've seen in wow. regards to the oxycodone epidemic, the uh, opiate mm. that's killed millions of people in America. Gosh. And if you think that the FDA and whoever it is that regulates all this stuff thinks that they're doing it on our best um, for our best of our health yeah my wife said to me i can't believe they made this shit legal and i was wow. like well they say they, they make that, alcohol is that legal the one too. um is that that zombie drug that's fentanyl but mm. where, they're, mean, where they're bent over yeah. and just but as far as i know i may be there's wrong, something but there was something we watched my husband and i watched on yeah it's a painkiller that basically it's heroin and if you mm. if you oh, wow. and, and amongst other things but you know if you if you haven't watched it it just shows you how addiction there's it's just not a choice a lot of the time yeah. once you get hooked on Chemical. it it's no matter what you see destroying your family or what you see destroying yourself and for there are such unfortunates that um yeah. i cannot cannot see a mm. way out and um you mm. know that's mm. it was very confronting for me but it was also it was a stark reminder of how bad things could have got for yeah. me yeah. personally yeah 
yeah. and I'm very grateful to be here. So yeah. I'm grateful to have you lovely ladies with us this morning. Yeah, thank, thank you very you. much. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks for a cup of tea. Yeah. I just, um, just before we go, there's just one other thing I wanted to say. The, I guess the main reason why I'm doing what I'm doing and creating change for myself is because I have a 14-year-old daughter and I don't want her to grow up and think that it's normal behaviour because it's not, Yeah, Yeah. you know. And as you say, we don't need to drink. Mm. And so that's, yeah. 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 So I'm still dealing with that with myself of... Cutting it out completely. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, none and of us are perfect. Yeah. And I've, right. I've definitely realised yeah. to try yeah. and not be so hard on myself. Yeah. You yeah. know, and punish myself because mm. that just makes it worse. Yeah. So, you know, congratulations, Lou. You're thank doing you. amazing. Congratulations. And we're so happy to have you on this oh, thank you journey that thank we're going you. through because it yeah. is a journey, right? Yes, very and much. And we so. hope that everyone at home who's listening has got something out of this podcast yeah. so far. Yeah. And we hope that you tune in. Um, Don't check forget us out. to subscribe. Yeah. Write yes. us a review. Yeah, yeah, on socials, we're out there. Um, keep following us and, and if we'll you, see you. If you want to be a guest or if you know somebody that would be definitely instrumental in helping us navigate way through anything of addictive behavior as you mentioned just talk about codependency which i know really nothing about Mm, um mm. but we'd love to do a gambling anything of addictive um addictive behavior Mm. we'd love to hear from you so thank you very much thank you thank you you. the next one let's have a cup of tea